Before I get started, I just want to say I'm glad you're here today. It's wonderful to come to God's house. I, it's my, my best time of the week, is Sunday morning. I look forward to it. I also want to, uh, before I start, I want to thank you that have grabbed a hold of the challenge I gave you a couple of three weeks ago uh, about planting a seed of faith into the Indian uh, children up in Montana. Uh, some of those children may have never had a new pair of shoes or a, a new coat. Uh, they certainly haven't had the love of a mother and a father like our children have. Uh, and I've got to be real honest with you, the Lord hadn't laid them on my heart until he birthed the, his spirit into my son and listened to him and talked to him. It's got a hold of me. And, and I just want to thank you this morning for you that have uh, caught a hold of our challenge. Uh, not only did we get someone bring a uh, pledge in of seed faith to, uh, uh, for their, to sow into their needs to go there, but uh, Jeff has one, he mentioned to one of his workers in Davis, and they gave him a check. They don't even come to church here for those children. Now, I want to tell you what we've what we gotten so far. My challenge was is from the time we started a couple of weeks ago until the last of July, uh, and uh, I've asked everybody that would, hopefully we can become 100% in the church and everybody have a part in it. But I've asked everybody to try to put together $100 between now and July, the end of July. That's 25, approximately $25 a month. And most of us would spend that on going to the movie or, or a, a six-pack of Cokes between now and then for what we drink. That, that's a small sacrifice for the great good that it's going to do for those children. And just to show you that we weren't off base, uh, we have now got $2,400 uh, already on that. Now, thank you. Now, the Lord put in my spirit, I'm, I'm asking God to touch your hearts for $5,000 by the end of July. And if everybody does your part, that's not a big thing. But what you'll realize is when you're not just sowing to the Indians, you're, you're giving money as a seed faith in what you have need of. How many knows if you've got a farm and you don't plant seed, you don't gather any crop? If you've got a need and you don't plant seed to a place where it's needed, you may not have your need met. Now, I'm not going to preach there. I could preach this morning but on that, but I don't want to do that. This is Easter morning. I just wanted to share that with you. And I thank you so much uh, for what you've already done. Now, this is the Sunday that we celebrate the resurrection, but it's also known as Easter Sunday. And I know some of us don't like to go there, but I want you to know I'm reminded that I was once the pagan, to say the least. And Paul said, I became as some that I might win some to the Lord. And so uh, I'm going to use the word Easter today, and I'm going to probably use it more than once. Uh, if you'll bear with me. Now, my basis for my message this morning is a scripture you all know. Because if it hadn't been for this scripture, we wouldn't be here this morning. John 3.16, do you know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We could preach hours on that 
Because without that scripture in the Bible, there wouldn't be any salvation as we know it today. Today we celebrate Easter, and we celebrate it as family gatherings. We celebrate it with Easter egg hunts. We celebrate it with candy. Uh, uh, I like those rabbits, you know, marshmallow on the inside and chocolate on the outside. I love to sit down with my grandchildren and, and, and reach around behind them and get it. Or I just love the taste of biting his ear off. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with that, is it? As long as I do it in fun with my children. They like to do that. When I was young, I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, what, since we've gotten older, my wife and I have gotten married. We've had children. We hunted eggs with them. We ate candy with them. I helped them eat those hard-boiled eggs, you know, that incredible edible egg, and I enjoyed every bit of it. I read somewhere in the book, we can be so heavenly sent that we're no earthly good, and we can be so earthly bound that we're no earthly good. And so we need to be careful how we look at things because I found out that I'm saved by grace. Nothing good about me except God favored me by his grace to my life. And I'm here today standing before you because God had mercy on me. Not because that I was somebody special. Not because I grew up in a home that was pauper but because Jesus looked down one day and saw me, the wretch that I was, and said, hey, I can do something with this guy. And he applied his grace to me, and he's been molding me and making me to what he wants me to be ever since then. By the way, I'm not perfect, but I'm working on it with God's help. I'm not where I started out at, but I'm not today at where I hope I'll be one day in the Lord. We'll all be there if we'll keep our eyes on him. Today we celebrate Easter, even though that many people outside celebrate Easter uh, that don't come to church don't realize what you and I have today. Easter it used to be, in the beginning, a, pra a pagan holiday. It had to do with the, uh, the god or goddess of fertility. Later on, it just became a person's holiday that didn't know the Lord. We just celebrate it the way that the world celebrates stuff. It's a holiday, so let's, let's have a good time. Easter is the most important Christian holiday that there is. It's because that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you celebrate the anything about Easter except the resurrection, it's just a celebration. But when you begin to realize that it's the time that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, then it becomes important to you and I. And of course, if you don't know the Lord, your personal Savior, you would never celebrate it as a day of resurrection of Jesus. I hope if you're here today and you don't know him before you leave here that you'll accept him as your Lord. Let's go a little further. Uh, we see Easter as Resurrection Sunday. Because of the resurrection, we have hope. Hope in what? Hope in a better life here, to spend eternity with Jesus, praise the Lord, in heaven with the Lord. 
When we make a decision to follow Christ, a whole new life begins. The day of our salvation becomes new birthday for us. Remember Paul said all things are passed away and we become new in Jesus Christ. When we're born again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, you get the message. Israel experienced the same situation when they made the exodus out of Egypt. A type and a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. The exodus affected them so profoundly that they changed their calendar. When they began to leave Egypt, it became the first day of their new year. When, some, when, when you get delivered, something new is supposed to happen. There's supposed to be a change. The Passover was an act of salvation to them. Israel was saved by blood. Listen to me. The perfect lamb, once chosen, they chose a perfect lamb to make the sacrifice. It couldn't have a broke leg. I believe Brother White mentioned some of that last week. It, it couldn't have any blemishes, but I'm going to rephrase it. It, it. it had to be perfect to the eyes of one picking it. It couldn't be a flaw or a kickback. It had to be perfect. But at this particular time, they chose a perfect lamb. And once it was chosen, catch it, it was separated. God wants you and I to separate ourselves from our past life, from our past hang-ups, and from a past crowd that we hang out with that's going in the wrong way. Because when we're chosen, we need to show people that we have been changed. We're separated from the others. And after four days, its throat was cut or it was killed and the blood was caught in a basin, a bucket or a bowl, however you want to look at it. And they dipped hessop in the blood and they sprinkled the doorpost on this side and on this side and over the top. And when the death angel came by, he saw the blood. And when he saw the blood, he passed on by. They were literally saved by the blood of the Lamb. This obedience that we have to what God says is very important. It was important to the Jews to that point. If they had not sprinkled the doorpost with blood, the death angel would have went in and taken the firstborn out of that family. But because their obedience, the household was saved, on the inside was saved from the last plague of Egypt, which was the death angel coming through. The, the blood over the doors was their mark, their insurance mark, that they're covered by the blood. When he saw the mark on the door, he passed on by. They were covered by the blood of the Lamb. You and I are covered by the blood if we've been saved. Sometimes we wonder why that we go through this thing and through that thing. It's because that, that we haven't got an insurance mark of, on us that the world can see. You see, when you don't let people know how, who you are and that you've been covered by the blood and when you begin to move out with those and don't, don't let any signs be seen, the, the enemy just comes in. But if we'll, if we'll keep the blood before us and we'll keep the blood of the Lamb uh, open where people don't know about, then we, we'll be safe. They were covered by the blood. They were nourished by the Lamb. In other words, they ate the Lamb afterwards. After having been saved by the blood, they still had to eat the lamb. Catch this? The blood and the flesh, the symbolic of the Lord's Supper in this. Believing households. Next, 
says, ate its body. The body and the blood cannot be separated. You can't say that I'm saved by the blood and not abide by the word of God. We have to word, abide by the blood and by the word. You can't take one other. You've got to take them both together. They ate that night as they never ate before. That when they ate of the Passover. They ate listening to the screams of the Egyptian households all around them. The screams of their firstborn dying here and there. But why? Did, why? Because they weren't covered with the blood. They, they, they weren't... They didn't have their household covered. And so they, had, they ate that listening to the screams. The scripture is clear. Israel cannot eat the lamb undercooked. He had to be well cooked. But neither can we have a half-baked faith either in getting where. God's not pleased with a half-baked faith. We need a, a faith in God that's a faith uh, that's totally in Him. We don't need to have a faith in God. It won't work for us to have a faith in God that, that God is a good God and not, and not a walk in where He's called us to walk because it won't do us any good. There's a lot of things we go there. I don't have time. You think about that, though. God is not pleased with a half-baked faith in us. We can't, we can't just hang out at the church on Sunday and live like the devil through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. We, if we're going to have faith in the Lord today, we need to have faith all the week in God and abide in what he tells us to do. The scripture is clear. We cannot change the recipe. God expects complete obedience from his children. Well, we could preach an hour there, but we won't. Jesus said whether we must obey or we must Deny ourselves. Take up the cross and follow him. Oh, there's been lots of times I used to joke about my wife and I'd say, well, it's my wife's fault, but I want you to know something other. It's not my wife's fault. It's not your wife's fault. It's not your husband's fault if we're not walking where we need to be. Jesus made it very plain. He said, we must deny ourselves. Somebody said, why we got to do that, Brother Ben? Because God asked us to live a crucified life. This is a sacrificial life. It's a life that I don't allow the flesh to do what it wants to do every time it wants to do something or other. See, because it's, it's not that I couldn't pray through about it and go on maybe and, and the Lord forgive me, but there's people that watches our life and they need to see us that the blood is always covered, that we're always covered by the blood, that we're always walking beneath the blood, praise God, so that God is lifted up in what he's done for us. We must deny ourselves and say, take up the cross daily, not just on Sunday morning. That means on Monday morning when I go to work. That means on Tuesday morning. That means on Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, and Saturday. We need to be carrying the cross of, of who we are all the time when we're around people and following Christ. You see, there's no use at taking up a cross and not following Him. The Bible tells us in one place that the... the <coughs> The letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. Too many times uh, we want to tell people how you need to live, how, what you better do, and what you better do, and what you better do, but what are we doing? People watch, by, watch our examples. They want to see what we're doing. 
One time my wife and I, we got in a fight. And I said, honey, I love you. She said, don't tell me, show me. Show me. You know, we want, we want people to, people want us to show them what we are. Take up the cross and follow him daily. Listen now. When well, they had the Passover supper, when the blood was applied over the doorpost, and when they began to eat, they used, not in this particular meal, it was common to use yeast and salt to artificial flake, artificially inflate the bread, but they threw out the leaven. They threw out the salt and the yeast from the bread. And they had unleavened bread. This was a time of purification. We don't need anything in it. God wants you and I to sweep our houses. Get rid of anything that might be a hindrance to our relationship with God. We can't come up with any additives or any substitutes to put with Jesus to make him any more powerful in our life. We can't come up with any attitudes or, or, or additives or anything, substitutes that would make the blood more powerful. There are some things we can, we put stuff in, some things we bake that we put stuff in that makes it last longer before that it goes bad. But, but I want you to know something, other. There's something about the blood of Jesus that it don't go stale. It don't go bad. It lasted throughout eternity. It lasts a lifetime for you and I and a lifetime for you and my children and, and for your children. The blood will last forever and it still has the power that it had. They were freed. That night, they left their brick kims behind forever. And when they marched out of Egypt, they marched out freed. They were delivered. If you would be free from your burdens and sins, you would give your heart to God and let God's blood cover you, and you'll be free. Christ is our Passover. Nobody else, nothing else would do. Christ, when he was hung on the cross, he shed his blood for you and I. And without the cross, there would be no salvation today. Without the blood, there would be nobody saved today. We'd still be in our sins. and You and I wouldn't be here today. There would be no Easter celebration because it's the blood that makes the difference when, when we're covered by the blood. Peter, 1 Peter 1 and 18 and 19 says, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but as a lamb without blemish, without spot. We were redeemed by the blood of the lamb. There's a difference between reading the Bible and having it in your heart. I want you to know that. When you get Jesus in your heart, it'll change you. But you can read the Bible like another book and just lay it down and go on. But you have to have a relationship with the Lord. That's what we need. Everything that happened in the Passover also happens to those who come to Jesus. There's some things we have to do. We've eaten the bitter herbs of sin. And we've experienced the sweet aroma of Christ's love. Passover is not a celebration 
of ancient events. It's a record of our lives. When I look back and I begin to think about Passover, I look back in my very own life and I remember when there was a time there was a different being that's here today. I remember a time when, when I trusted in self and nobody else. I remember a time that, that I'd heard about a Jesus that, that died for the sins of the world, but, but I didn't know this Jesus. But, so I, I looked, took care of myself. When I grew up, I was kind of a loner, and I learned how to, to watch out for me. And that was one of the hardest things in the world for me to do was to, to lay aside all my carnal thinking and begin to look to Jesus. It took me a while to get there. There were some times that I did things that I was ashamed of. There was times that, that I took things to church that I was ashamed of. And it took a while for God to get rid of all that stuff in me, to, put, to take my trust out of what I carried with me and put my trust in a living Savior. That His blood covers everything. But as time went on, I found out that I could put all my trust in the Lord. That his blood was powerful. There's power in the blood for whatever need you have need of this morning. If you need uh, your family put back together, if you'll just come to an altar and get on the blood of Christ and begin to cry out and ask God, God's able to fix uh, your problem today because his power and his blood has not diminished. You may think this morning that, that you've gone too far. You can't uh, get grace from where you are, but I want you to know something. Other, you know, if you humble yourself before the Lord, God's blood will cover you and he'll forgive you and he'll remember it no more. Because Christ is our Passover. Without him, there is no Passover. And my Passover is looking back to where God brought me from. Well, God led me out of that, and God set me free from that. I couldn't do it, and you can't do it, but God can do it through his blood. Jesus can save our families just like the blood and Passover lamb protected the entire family that was behind the walls where the blood was covered. The blood of Jesus can protect ours. There is a goal for every Christian. It ought to be that we want to see our family saved. This is what happened to the Philippian jailer. Uh, he wasn't satisfied that he was just uh, covered by the blood, but he took Paul and Silas and took them to his family because he wanted them to be saved too. What you and I have this morning through the Passover, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we need to live it. We need to share it. We need to take it to our family. We don't need to give up to the, to the devil saying, well, they, he's never going to be there or she's never going to be there. They're never going to be touched. They've gone too far. And all we need to believe that, that God can do anything in our life because he's already done a miracle when he saved me. Praise God. Today, I'm so glad that I get to stand before you and declare him Lord of my life. Praise God. Today, our salvation is more important than any birthday or any celebration that we could face today. Our birthday in Christ, our new beginnings in Christ, that ought to be the most important date of our life 
Because, see, when we give the Lord our hearts, uh, we start a whole new life out in him. The old person passed away, and the new person comes on the scene. And we need to let him grow and let him grow and let him be everything or her be everything that they can be in the Lord. You know, the Lord loves you, and God has great, mighty things in store for you and I, but he needs us to cooperate with him in doing so. We need the value of the work of grace above all the treasures and events in this world. We need God's grace in our lives. It's worth more than all the money in Fort Knox. See, if we look back to our old life, we can't do that because that's just going to rot in the gutter. It's only the things in God that's going to, Christ's sacrifice made all things new. And so when we accept him as Lord, we become new in him and realize that if we, if it weren't for the Israelites looking back as they left out of Egypt, they could have gotten to the promised land in approximately 40 days. But because of their mumbling and complaining and always looking back and trying to second guess what was going on, it took 40 years and then all the older people in the tribe never got there. It took until all of those died off and the young ones came on. What we need to realize this morning that that what makes the difference for you and I it's not the fact that Jesus just came to the earth, that's, that's a great miracle, but if Jesus had come to earth and if he'd have died and he hadn't have risen, it would have been no good. It would have been like any other man. But since he came and he died for you and I, he shed his blood for you and I, and then he resurrected on the third day, that made all the difference in the world for you and I because uh, he, when he was resurrected, he defeated death and he defeated it for you and I and because he did, we can and we can see God. Praise the Lord. The resurrection, the resurrection is what we come to church for today. We come to church for the resurrection. Are you resurrected today from the old person to the new person? Has God touched your life? Have you been changed? All you got to do is ask him to come into your life. Let him be Lord of your life. There's power in the blood that he shed on Calvary. I was listening to someone this morning, and it touched my heart because as he began to speak, he said, you know, we've, we have a lot of good programs, and we, do, we have some good programs here, and they all are well, they're good, but if there was no blood shed on Calvary, they'd just be programs. They'd just be programs. If Jesus hadn't been resurrected, they would just be programs. They're good people in the world, and good people in the world, we love them. We're glad they're here. But good people are not going to go to heaven just because they're good people. It's going to take the, the blood being applied to their life. It's going to take a changed person. And that's what the resurrection does. It's, we have a Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise the worship team. Would you please come back up here? Glory to God. There is saving power in Jesus. There is healing power in Jesus. There is forgiving power in Jesus. Praise the Lord. This morning ought to be one of the glorious celebrations that anybody could have. 
whether you've got money in your pocket or whether you don't. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're so blessed. I mean, you're blessed. You're blessed better than if you had a million dollars because that'll soon be gone. But Jesus is going to stick with you throughout time, praise God. He's going to give you strength to go through the day. He's going to help you to live the life that you need to live to touch your family. I'm so glad that the Lord had mercy on me and touched me. Brother, I'm glad that he forgave me of all my sins. And when Jesus forgives you, see, let me tell you something. A friend will say, I forgive you. But when God forgives you, he forgives you. He don't remember it anymore. Glory to God. That's what the blood does for you. When you give your heart to him, and then when he's raised, he gives you the power to live the life. Stand with me, will you?